0: Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, Jesus said to his disciples, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations. The verse prior, he said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given unto me. Go therefore, you go therefore and make disciples of all the nations. Last verse, Acts chapter 4, verse 13. Acts chapter 4, verse 13, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled and they realized that they had been with Jesus. Father, speak to us through the power of your word and spirit, I pray in your holy name. Amen. I had a dream a couple of years ago. And in the dream, I was in this house, I was living in this house, and it was like a a tiny home, very constrictive, one room and the walls were just like, I could touch a wall here and I could touch a wall there and I could just touch all four of the walls. And I was just in this little tiny space constricted in this little space. But in the dream, all of a sudden I looked at one wall and I noticed that it didn't seem to be very sturdy. And I went and I just kind of pushed on the wall and it fell down. And behind that wall was a huge living room and family room. And I went to another wall, and I pushed it, and it fell down. And behind that wall was a big old kitchen and dining room. And I went to a third wall, and I pushed it, and it fell down. And there was first a hallway, and down the hallway, there were multiple bedrooms and bathrooms. And there was also a stairway going down, and I walked downstairs, and there was a huge basement. And like all of a sudden, I realized I'm living in a huge home, but I thought it was a tiny home. I'm living in a large space, but I thought I was living in a small space. And when I woke up from that dream, I knew what the Spirit of God was speaking to me through that dream, that the constricted space that you think you live in is not real. That there are fake walls that are designed to convince you that the space that you live in is small. But the Spirit of God wants to show you today that it's time for you to break down those fake walls. Time for you to remove those restrictions that the enemy has placed around you and the enemy has tried to convince you this is your space, this is your lane, this is who you are, this is where you belong. Stay in your lane. Don't try to step out of your lane. There's so much that you can't do. You need to just stick to what you can do. Now, the clear message that I see going all throughout the Bible is God breaking into small spaces where small individuals live, tearing down those fake walls and convincing those individuals who thought of themselves as small that they actually live in a much bigger house than they thought they lived in. The first is, of course, Moses that we see here living out in the desert in Exodus chapter three. And suddenly he's just following this flock of sheep around the desert and uh, he looks up on the hill and he sees a bush that was burning but not being consumed. And he says, I gotta go check this thing out because I've seen spontaneous combustion in the desert before, but this bush should have burnt up, but it's not burning up. The flame is not going down. And so he leaves the sheep and he goes up the mountain to try to figure out what this thing is. And when he gets there, He looks at this burning bush and God speaks to him from the bush and says, take off your shoes for the ground upon which you stand is holy. And Moses takes off his shoes and God says, I am the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And then God tells him, I have heard the groaning of my people in Egypt. I'm concerned for them. I know their sorrows and I've come down to rescue them. So you go to Pharaoh And stand before him. I want you to walk right into Pharaoh's palace in Egypt by yourself. And I want you to look Pharaoh in the eye and say, my God spoke to me and he gave me a message for you. And this is what he says: You better let my people go or I'm going to mess you up. And what does Moses say in response? Who am I? Who am I? that I should stand before Pharaoh and say, let my people, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh's court? Do you hear what Moses says? He says, I live in this little tiny house and I need to just stay in my lane. I'm thankful to have a house at all. That's outside of my realm. That's outside of my space. I'm not qualified to do what you're telling me I could do. But God is speaking to Moses saying, no, no, let me push down those walls for you. You think you live in a little space, but you live in a little space with fabricated walls. Let me push down those walls and show you that your space is bigger. And that whole interaction between God and Moses was about getting Moses to believe that what God had for him was bigger than what he thought. And that what he could do was bigger than what he thought he could do. And that his destiny was bigger than he thought his destiny was. And that God's plan for his life was bigger than he thought that plan was. Moses was fighting for thankfulness in the desert. Just be thankful for what I've got. Just look around at these sheep and thank God for these sheep. Look at my wife and my family and thank God for my wife and my family. I didn't get what I thought I would get but I'm just thankful that I got what I got and so I'm just happy to live in this tiny house and God says no, 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 no. I haven't destined you for a tiny house. Let's push down those walls. I want to show you that what I've got for you is bigger than what you think. Start that timer for me, please. And so Moses that we know the whole story of Moses, he goes and he does what God tells him to do. And guess what? It works. It works. How awesome is that? There's my boy Gideon. There's another story of a, this, this boy named Gideon. This dude named Gideon in Judges chapter 6. And he was living in Israel during the time when the Amalekites were raiding the land. The Amalekites were a foreign power and they were coming in just bullying Israel, basically. Yeah. They would wait till the crops were ready to be harvested and then they would just come destroy the crops and burn down the fields. I mean, they were starving Israel. They were, they were and, and they were doing all kinds of nasty stuff. So this dude Gideon he takes his wheat and he goes into a wine press and he starts threshing his wheat in a wine press, which is actually impossible because you're indoors and threshing wheat, you need wind. You've got to be outdoors. You throw it up in the air. The wind blows away the chaff. The wheat falls to the ground that you can thresh the wheat. Anyway, he's threshing his wheat in a wine press because he's scared yeah. and an angel of the Lord appears to him in this little space, this wine press and says, greetings, mighty warrior. Yeah. He goes, I'm not a mighty warrior. I'm a little punk. I'm in here because I don't want to fight. And the angel goes, no, 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 no. You're a fighter. You're a mighty warrior. So how am I a mighty warrior? I ain't no mighty warrior. You got it wrong, God. And and the angel goes, go in this might of yours and defeat the Amalek. You're going to defeat the Midianites as one man by yourself. You're going to do it. And he says, but you don't get it. I'm the smallest in my father's house. My father's Family is the smallest clan in our tribe, and our tribe is the smallest tribe in all of Israel. I'm the weakest of the weakest of the weakest of the weakest. I live in the smallest of the smallest of the smallest of the smallest smallest house. And the angel says, no, 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 that's what you think of yourself. Who told you you were that small? Who told you you don't belong in that space? I'm getting ready to show you that you belong in spaces that you thought you didn't belong in. That you qualify for things that you thought you didn't qualify for. Both Moses and Gideon suffered from what's called imposter syndrome. I don't belong here. This is too big for me. This is too great for me. I'm not qualified for this. I don't have the background. I don't have the family. I don't have the money. I don't have the education. I don't have the respect. I don't have the connections. I don't have the network. I don't have the community. I don't have the experience. I don't have the maturity. I don't have the intelligence. I don't have the memory. I don't have the smarts. I don't have the technical skills. I don't have... I don't have... Sometimes we're way too aware of what we don't have completely conscious of what you don't have and got no consciousness of what you've actually got. And the angel says, you are not a punk. You are a mighty warrior. You just haven't figured that out yet. But I'm here to, di- to give you that by divine revelation. I'm here to push down these walls wow. that have confined you to this little space that have, con- that have convinced you that you don't belong in any other space but where you are. Wow. That you are convinced that you're going to spend the rest of your life hiding out in this wine press, wow. threshing wheat, wow. trying to avoid conflict. Wow. Yeah. Just play it safe. Wow. No risks. No risks. Play it safe. All you need is job security. That's all. And we know the story of Gideon. That he actually went out and did what the angel said he could do. Isn't it crazy that Moses actually went out and did what God said he could do? Gideon actually went out and did what God said he could do. And the way those stories, both of those stories unfolded, was simply a process of God convincing them that they could actually do what he said they could do. And that's how your story unfolds too. That so much that has transpired in your life, so many words that God has given you have simply been designed to convince you that you can actually do what God says you can do. And God has to send word after word after word. Why? Because when you go to sleep at night, every night the enemy is working on your mind, trying to dissuade you, trying to break you down, trying to discourage you, trying to tell you that you're not who, you, who God says you are and you can't do what God says you can do. Imposter syndrome. Now watch this. Jesus calls 12 disciples. All 12 of them were rejected by the rabbis, rejected by the establishment, didn't make the cut, which meant that their grades weren't good enough to become disciples of the rabbis. Jesus went to the ones whose grades weren't good enough to get into the Ivy League schools. And he takes them as his 12 disciples. The ones who weren't smart enough. The ones who weren't successful enough. The ones who didn't have the right family background, the right money in their bank, the right trust funds. He takes the rejects, makes them his 12 disciples. He spends three years on them. And then as he's about to ascend into heaven after his death and resurrection, Matthew 28, 19, he calls them up to the mountain. He goes, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, you go into all the world, to all the ethne. The word there means all the peoples. And make disciples of all nations. I want you to go everywhere and teach everybody. That's Jesus literally says to these twelve, this ragtag group of teenagers, and he says, here's what I want you to do. This is my plan for your life. Go everywhere in the entire world and teach everybody in the entire world. Literally, he says to his disciples, I want you to hear this, who were, by the way, probably about 19, 20 years old at the time. You all are now in charge of the whole world. Go everywhere and teach Everybody. Go into the halls of learning and teach them. Make them your disciples. I want you to teach rabbis. I want you to teach PhDs. I want you to go into the world of business. I want you to go into the world of finance. I want you to go into the marketplace. I want you to go into entertainment. I want you to go into economics. I want you to go into education. I want you to go everywhere and teach everybody. That's where you belong. And then he says, and by the way, I'm with you always. I'll be with you. See you later. And then he moonwalked up out of there. (laughs) Right? He ascended into heaven. He said, I'll never leave you. See you later. Okay. (laughs) I'm not going nowhere. (laughs) Bye-bye. I got you back. Now watch what happens. They go back to Jerusalem like he told them to do. They go into the upper room like he told them to do. They wait for the Holy Spirit to come, like He told them to do. The Holy Spirit came and filled them, like He told them He would. And out of that comes something that the book of Acts talks about over and over and over again. Boldness. The fruit of the Holy Spirit, spoken of most frequently in the book of Acts, is not tongues, it's not prophecy, it's not interpretation. It's not healing. It's not miracles. It's not discernment of spirits. It's boldness. Boldness. Wow. Yeah. boldness. Padeia is the Greek term. Boldness is the ability and the confidence to stand up and do what God has called you to do, say what God has called you to say, go where God has called you to go, yeah. and then sit down knowing I said it, I did it, and I went. That's what boldness is. Do you know what boldness actually is? It is the power of the Holy Spirit to overthrow imposter syndrome. That's what boldness is. It's when the Holy Spirit removes anything from the inside of you that says... I don't deserve this, I'm not qualified for this, I don't belong here, I'm out of my league, this is over my head, this is above me, this is beyond me, this is for people who are greater than me. All of that nonsense, all of that BS that the enemy speaks to you and lodges in your heart that's designed to belittle you and and calm you down and, 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 and put you down and shut you up. That imposter syndrome The result of the filling of the Holy Spirit is boldness. The removal of imposter syndrome. And so a multitude gathers, thousands of people out of every nation under heaven. And Peter stands up and goes, I got this. This is my place. I belong here. Nothing in him saying, don't speak out of turn. Be quiet. Wait for somebody to ask. Peter said, no, no, no. The Holy Spirit told me this is me. I got this. And he stands up and preaches boldly to a multitude of people. And 3,000 people are added to the church that day. And in Acts chapter 4, Peter and John are going to the temple to pray. And they see a man lame from his mother's womb. And Peter goes, hold on a second, John. And he looks this man in the face. Boldness comes over Peter. And he goes, stand up and walk in Jesus' name. Bam! The man jumps up on his feet and he runs. And then Peter and John come into the temple and a multitude gathers. And Peter looks at them. Boldness comes over him. Why are you looking at us as though by our own power or godliness this man is made whole? God has glorified his son, Jesus Christ, whom you took with lawless hands and crucified by nailing him into the tree. But y'all were wrong! All of y'all in the crowd were crying out, crucify him, crucify him! But you were wrong because God raised him from the dead and made him the Lord. And savior of all, and there's no salvation by any other name. This is the can you do you don't understand how much boldness it took for Peter to say that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the stone which you builders rejected, but he's become the chief cornerstone, and neither is there salvation in any other name. Now, what you got to say to that? I mean, that's how gangster Peter was. Boldness. He's preaching to rabbis. I mean, you've got to understand, these guys had three years of discipleship. The average rabbi had 15 years plus another 15 years as a Torah teacher, 30 years of experience, and Peter is preaching to these guys with three years of experience and the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And what do they do? They arrest him. And then they bring him before the Sanhedrin there in Acts chapter 4. And Peter says... They, they say to them, they say, don't you ever preach in that name again. And Peter says, you tell me which is better, to obey you or to obey God. Yeah. Do what y'all got to do. I got to do what I got to do. Yeah. And it says, when they saw the boldness, Acts four thirteen, wow. When they saw the boldness wow. yeah. of Peter and John. Wow. What do you mean boldness? The boldness of Peter and John meant that they were able to stand before this body of scholars and there was nothing in them that said, I don't belong here. There was nothing in them that said, I'm not qualified to be here. Wow. There was nothing in them that said, I better stay in my lane. I'm not qualified to speak here. There was nothing in them that put down and that, that belittlement, that internal voice that says, this is too big for you. This is out of your league. It was gone. Yeah. That is boldness. Wow. Completely different from Moses and Gideon. Moses and Gideon still battled that imposter syndrome. Peter and John did not. Wow. What's the difference? The filling of the Holy Spirit. Wow. This year, part of redeeming your weakness, that promise that God has given us for this year, yeah. is redeeming your mind from thinking you're weak in areas where you're strong. Because wow. some of your weaknesses are real weaknesses, but others are false walls that the enemy has built around you to convince you that you live in a little house and to prevent you from stepping out of your lane. Stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. This year you're going to step out of your lane because the lane that you thought was your lane is not your lane. Some of y'all need to get into your lane. You're in the slow lane, but your lane is the fast lane. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hmm. Space. 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 January 1st, 2021, I was in prayer and God spoke to me and said, one word, space. Space. And I thought God meant simply that he was going to give my family a bigger house and a bigger property. And he did that. But going into 2022, God spoke to me and he said, that word was not just about your house. It was not just about your property. I've been speaking this word to you for years. I'm increasing your space, not just your external space, but your internal space. Remember when I turned 39 years old, something happened to me on the inside. It was the beginning of my midlife crisis. And here's how it manifested for me something on the inside of me, I started asking this question Is there anything I'm leaving on the table? Because you know, what characterized my 30s was the sense that I got plenty of time. I got time. There are so many things in my mind, one day that'll happen, one day that'll happen. But when you come to the end of your 30s, you stop saying one day that'll happen and you start dealing with the, the, the possibility that that may never happen. Yeah. I thought it would've happened by now. Yeah. And so when I hit 39, I started asking this question. What am I leaving on the table? Is there something I'm leaving on the table? And you know what came to my heart? It was comedy. I always wanted to do comedy. Yeah. I always thought I could do comedy. I wanted to be a comedian so bad, I tried to be one in my sermons. <laughs> All the time. I would watch comedians and think, I could do that. And a lot of comedians I would watch and go, I could do it way better than that. But when I hit 39, I thought, I wonder if I actually can. But there was this little voice inside going, stay in your lane. You're a pastor. Stay in your lane. Pastors aren't supposed to do comedy. Stay in your lane. Don't even think about it. But I thought, you know what? I'm going to at least think about it. Sometimes the first step to enlarging your territory is just allowing yourself to think about something that you've been internally hindered from even imagining. So I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to open up an Evernote file called comedy. And anytime anything comedic occurs to me, I'm just gonna write it down, just gonna jot it down in that Evernote file. So I I opened the file that day, comedy. I think I called it comedy brainstorm. And then I'd be talking to some people and something funny would occur and I'd say something funny and and if they laughed, I'd go, oh, that was funny. And I'd open up that and I would just jot it down. And that went on for about six months. Well, in the summer, in June of that year, I I said, I wonder what I've got in there. And I opened up that file. And it just went on and on and on and on and on and on and on. And And I'm reading through all of it. Some of it was funny, some of it wasn't. And I thought, I got like an hour of material in here. Maybe I should test this. So I go to a comedy club. I find an open night, open mic, and didn't realize it was a contest that night. There are about 30 comedians there. And uh, I won first place. That was crazy. I couldn't believe it. I can actually do comedy. And so I was like, all right. So I started doing these more open mics and open mics. And uh, a couple months into that, by the end of the summer, I had vertigo. You Remember that? Most of some of you were around. I had vertigo and I was hospitalized and it was bad, right? And I was talking to a buddy of mine and he goes, when I heard you had vertigo, I thought the Lord doesn't want Benjamin doing comedy. (laughs) And I said to him, Right, because that's what any good father would do when his child is doing something he doesn't like, smite him with sickness, right? I mean, that's what I would do to my kid, right? If I were God, I wouldn't just tell him to stop, I would just smite him with sickness. <laughs> and he laughed and I said, bro, if God didn't want me to do comedy, he, could, he would simply just tell me, don't do comedy. Yeah. And I'm happy not to do comedy if the Lord tells me not to do comedy. Yeah. But I thought, this is part of that voice of the enemy that says, You don't belong here. You're just a pastor. So just be happy in your little lane with your little house and your little four walls and do a few jokes on Sunday and make people laugh. But don't try to step out into your lane, step out of your lane and do something outside. And I realized that wall has to come down. And so you know what I did? A couple months later, I rented a comedy club and I did a 50 minute set. And a lot of y'all were there actually. Now, of course, I had to take that down because I said some stuff that was inappropriate, a little bit too inappropriate. <laughs> I had to repent of some stuff. It's like, okay, let me get right before God. But that wall came down. Yeah. That wall, that internal voice that says, you can't do this. You don't belong here. Get back in your lane. This isn't you. Got one better. A year ago, beginning of 2021, I was looking at this chart for a crypto asset called XRP. Something Stuff that you never hear me talk about here in this space because I got to stay in my lane. But I was looking at this chart and I noticed something on this chart that I hadn't seen or heard anybody talk about. Most of you know, I've been engaged in the crypto space since 2017 and it's been kind of a secret hidden passion of mine. And it's secret and hidden because here's the problem. If I start talking about crypto at church on Sunday, folks will think, maybe I should buy it because PB said it. And then if you buy it and it tanks, which it probably will, <laughs> you're going to blame me for it. Well, PB said to buy it. Mm-mm. I ain't said to buy nothing. Yeah. Just get that out of your mind and heart. <laughs> ain't nobody got time for that. So I'm just gonna stay in my lane. I'm not gonna mention it, but here's what I did. I, saw, I had this idea and I saw this thing on this chart and I thought, hmm. So I, I just turned on screen capture and I just did a screen recording and I grabbed a microphone and I said, hey guys, um, I don't know if anybody's gonna watch this, but I got this idea. Look at this chart and look at where it was here and look at, and here's what I think it's gonna do. And I, I made this like 10 minute video and I put it on YouTube but I I created a completely different channel so none of y'all would know. And guess what happened? I got like a massive amount of views, like a few hundred. (laughs) Which for me was a massive amount of views because I got my regular Benjamin Robinson YouTube channel. Nobody watched that jump. I used to vlog on that channel. I would put out a vlog and I would get like 20 views. If I got hundred views, it was like a revival. It's like, it, that went viral. <laughs> but this crypto video and in like, I, I ran my regular YouTube channel for a few years and I got 600 subscribers. That was it. I put out this one video. I think I had 300 subscribers in two days and people were wow, that's awesome. That's amazing. And then somebody asked a question. Well, what do you think about this? I was like, oh, that's interesting. So I made another video to answer those questions. And I put it out, and it got more views. And then more questions came. And I made another video, and another one, and another one, and pretty soon, I had several thousand subscribers. And I had videos that were getting 10,000 views or more. It's been a year that I have secretly been operating. (laughs) leading Leading a whole different community that none of y'all know about. They only know me by the name of Cryptogenic. I am a YouTube crypto influencer. By the name of Cryptogenic, I have nearly 5,000 subscribers. I got more of them than y'all. More people attend that church than this church. But do you know that the whole year last year as I was making those videos and putting out that content, there was a voice inside of me going, what are you doing? This isn't your lane. You don't belong here. Get back in your lane. Stop doing these videos. You're a pastor, not a technical analyst. You know nothing about finance. You don't have a finance background. And then somebody wrote me and said, you need to start a Patreon for your crypto stuff because some people want to, to delve deeper in this stuff with you. And so I thought, you know what, I'm going to try it, but I'm going to make it ridiculous. And so I created what I thought was ridiculous, a $99 tier, $99 a month that you'll pay me. And all I'll do is give you a 45 minute Zoom session every month just to look at your portfolio and just tell you what I think. I sold out of them the moment I opened it up. And I still have people begging me every month, please open up one more for me. Please, they're begging me to pay me $99 a month. Me? Who am I? You know what's even crazier? Most of my $99 clients are financial advisors, investment bankers, brokers, or finance professionals from all over the world. I'll never forget the first time I had a meeting with one of those clients and he opened up his portfolio and I realized he had like a hundred times what I have I thought he needs to be giving me advice (laughs) but you know what I noticed the one thing he didn't have was peace so I started talking to him about his soul and you know what's happened I've become the shepherd Of this whole community and i realized that this is not a separate life that i'm living this is just as much about the gospel as the church is and of course that voice was going to speak to me and say stay out of there stay in your lane this is not for you you're not qualified to be here why because the enemy knew that there was a whole flock there that needed a shepherd Jesus said, go everywhere and teach everybody. You've got to get out of the lane that you think you belong in to get into the lane that God wants to bring you into. God wants to push down those walls. Go everywhere and teach everybody. So you know what I realized? Was that I have to be an example to you. That's why I'm coming clean today. <laughs> I haven't told you this has been more than a year. Yeah. it has been more than a year. Yeah. And none of y'all even know it. Maybe a handful, small handful of people. Yeah. And I realize I never told that community, that you that crypto, you t- I never told them about the church. Because I'm thinking, if I tell the church about crypto, people are going to think, you know, I should buy it because PB said to buy it. And it's going to be a comp. So oh, you hear of that fear? if I come clean about this, if I show people who I actually am and what I've actually got, here's what's going to go wrong. And then if I tell them about the church or if I talk to this crypto community about the gospel, then it's going to alienate the Muslims and and it's going to... You see, this, this lie of the enemy, even when you're in the space, the enemy tries to build walls around that. As soon as you step into the next space and say, I'm here, the enemy goes, okay, I can't get you out, but here's what I can do. I can wall you in and make it, keep it small and make it smaller than you think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Imposter syndrome. Yeah. Imposter syndrome. Wow. For some of you, God has been speaking to you about writing, but you're, you have this imposter syndrome. Nobody wants to read what I write business I can't be a CEO wow. music nobody'll listen to my music you know what that might be the case but you'll never know till you try yeah 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 that might be the case but you have to discern what god has put on the inside of you and give it a space to okay. unfold yeah. You've got to silence those lies of the enemy that say, You don't belong here. You're not qualified for this. God has so much more for you than you can imagine, so much greater. His plan for your life is so much bigger. And the house that you live in right now is so much bigger than you think. You just got to make a decision to push down those walls. And do you know how you make that decision? You open your heart to receive a new infusion of the Holy Spirit. When they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they marveled. When they realized that these men had not studied letters, they didn't have PhDs. But they took note that they had been with Jesus. They took note that they had been with Jesus. Do you see that? They took note that they had been with Jesus. The result of being with Jesus is overcoming your imposter syndrome. The result of being with Jesus is that imposter syndrome is broken off of the inside of your heart. The result of being with Jesus is the walls on the inside of you come down and you realize that you have more space than you ever could have thought possible. But it's the result of being with Jesus. Bow your heads and let's pray. Mm. If Jasmine could come back to the keyboard, I want you to play that part of champion. When I open up my, when I raise my voice and shout, all the walls come crashing down. It's time. It's time. Just Jasmine, it's okay. Holy Spirit, I thank you today that you've come to break imposter syndrome. You've come to break it. You've come to destroy it. You've come to silence those lies of the enemy. I pray for the boldness of the Holy Spirit. The boldness of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. The boldness of the Holy Spirit. Lord, there's so many in this house right now watching online in the overflow room, and even those who will listen to this podcast who have felt so constricted and restricted. Yeah. And it's easy for us to even begin to believe that you're the one who's restricted us. Yeah. Just a little softer, yeah. But today you are coming by the power of your Holy Spirit to destroy those restrictions. Man. And I thank you, Father, that those walls are going to fall down so easy. In my dream, those walls, I just touched it and the wall wall fell down. I touched it and another wall fell down. I touched it and another wall fell down. I touched it and another wall fell down. Father, today, I thank you that your word is coming to touch those walls and those walls are falling. Those walls are falling. All things are possible for him who believes. All things are possible. Today, you're opening up possibilities never thought of before. I thank you that you're empowering. I thank you that you're strengthening. I thank you that you're empowering. I thank you that you're strengthening. Enterprises, enterprises, great enterprises are coming forth. Great enterprises are coming forth. There's some of you that feel financially constricted. God is breaking down the walls right now. You've been crying out to God for a financial breakthrough, but your financial house is bigger right now than you think it is. God wants to push down the walls. The money's already there. God wants to push down the walls. You feel constricted in so many ways. God is pushing down the walls right now. Holy Spirit, come and push down the walls. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I want you to make a decision today that you're going to prioritize being with Jesus above everything else because when you come out of the presence of Jesus, you come with boldness. When you come, when you encounter the presence of Jesus, boldness transpires. Boldness. Smallness is removed. It must flee in Jesus' name. And so, Father, I pray that you would put a resolve in our hearts to remove everything that would hinder us from coming into the presence of Jesus. that we might receive the infusion of boldness to experience the largeness of the house that you've given us. I thank you, Father, and I speak your blessing over each and every soul in this place. There's great freedom in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. It's not what it looks like. That's what faith does. Yeah, yeah. Faith opens your eyes to see that things are not as they seem. Yeah. You look around and it feels like things are getting smaller, things are getting bigger. That's, right. yes. That's what I felt the Holy Spirit saying. It, you know, it was so disappointing that we were about to go to two services and there was an outbreak and we, as soon as we had the Grand Open, there was all this momentum and a huge wave of people and boom, Omicron. Yeah. And now all of a sudden it looks like the momentum's gone and it's getting smaller, but I just keep hearing the Holy Spirit say, no, it's getting bigger. It looks smaller, but it's getting bigger. Some of you are looking at your finances and it looks like it's getting smaller. No, it's getting bigger. The enemy has been lying to you to try to press you into a small space. He does everything he can. But the boldness of the Holy Spirit is here. Stand to your feet. Father, I speak your blessing over everyone under the sound of my voice whether near or far, whether in this place or at home, whether on the video or on the podcast. And I bless your people today with boldness. And I silence the voice of smallness. Break that imposter syndrome. Open our eyes to see that you've given us a great house. And the walls are fake. It's time to expand to the left and to the right. It's time for our descendants to inherit the nations. I speak blessing and encouragement in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you.